African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. It's that time of the week where we bring you the Friday edition of African Dialogue. Good morning, everybody from all corners of the continent. Thank you so much for choosing us, for joining us. We're coming to you live from South Africa at the SABC headquarters in Johannesburg in Auckland Park. My name is Ayanda Mkwanazi and together with Dumelo Zulu and Adrian Kenny will be driving the show the next hour. It's a jam-packed show uh, for everyone uh, today. Well, after the news, we're going to be speaking to Professor Chilidzi Marwala from the uh, uh, University of Johannesburg. I beg your pardon, he's the vice chancellor there. We're going to speak to him about his new book, Leading in the 21st Century, The Call for a New Type of African Leader. What motivated him to write this book? He's got a keen uh, interest in technology and business in um, the fourth industrial revolution. So how do we bring all of these together to ensure that we are um, raising children and giving children the kind of education that would uh, assist them to adapt to this new normal. And then we'll go to what's trending with uh, Dumelo Zulu, followed by looking at uh, what's happening on the continent. And today we're zooming into South Africa, looking at uh, some of those relaxations um, from, uh, from the president, Sir uh, Ramaphosa, on Monday. Let's go into our first segment now where we're going to be speaking to Professor Achilizi Marwala, who is the Vice Chancellor and Principal of the University of Johannesburg. He holds a number of positions, among them include the Deputy Chair of South Africa's Presidential Fourth Industrial Revolution. This commission will assist government in taking advantage of the opportunities presented by the digital industry. Uh, also, Professor Marwala has published 19 books. Uh, one was a uh, translated into Chinese in his latest book, uh, Leading in the 21st Century, The Call for a New Type of African Leader, is a book about ethical leadership, especially in the times that we are going through right now as a country, as a continent. And he joins us on the line. Thank you so much, Professor, for giving us your time. No, thank you very much uh, for inviting me. And uh, I think it is important to engage. How have you been keeping at this time? Well, it is difficult times. We have COVID. Uh, now we have a vaccine that is coming. And there are conspiracies all around us. I think we just need to follow scientific advice to deal with this matter. Uh, the university is going to open on the 15th of uh, 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 February. Our students are coming back. Uh, we are excited. We completed the academic year on time. So we are actually gearing ourselves to be a leading university in South Africa. How has the university adapted to this new normal, Professor? Was it easy? Um, you know, what were some of those challenges in the beginning? Well, we are the University of the Fourth Industrial Revolution, so moving from uh, uh, contact uh, learning to uh, to online learning was uh, was was very smooth. Uh, because of that, we were the first university in South Africa to complete the academic year. We completed the academic year in November. You know. So, uh, so, 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 
of course, uh, it required us to change uh, our our views, our outlook on things. Uh, but uh, it was something that was seamless, and I have to thank staff and students of the University of Johannesburg for their adaptability. Mm. How can we utilize um, this digital space that we are now living in, you know, just so that we can help move the country forward? Well, I think uh, the future of office work is uh, at risk. What you are going to see more and more, many people are going to be working from their homes. Uh, You know, many companies are actually still uh, functioning without many of their staff coming to work. So we are on the cusp of a new paradigm uh, where uh, work is going to be remote. Uh, uh, Of course, uh, as uh, the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution mature, uh, we're going to have virtual reality meetings where you could actually physically be in somebody's space uh, without being there physically, uh, thereby increasing the productivity of, of your work. Let's go to to your book now, and we're going to come back to the future and the digital the digital space uh, that we're now living in. What motivated you to to write your latest book? Well, I think leadership is a big deal. I am quite disappointed uh, by what Africa has achieved. Uh, we are the poorest continent, uh, and we don't seem to be making any headways in terms of. Uh, of getting into the center of technology. So I was very worried about the role of Africa and Africans in the 21st century. And one of the attributes that we need to to, to make sure that it is present in our society is leadership. Uh, And leadership of the 21st century is different from leadership in the previous uh, revolution. Uh, This is a leadership, leadership that has to understand technology and the role of technology in the development of people. So that is really what motivated me. To, to create a knowledge that is going to be at the disposal of African leaders so that they can be able to navigate this 21st century uh, with success. You also speak about uh, ethical leadership. And by ethical uh, leadership, what do you mean exactly? Are you able to just pinpoint some examples of what we should be expecting from leaders who are going to lead ethically? Well, I mean, uh, uh, basically, ethics basically means doing the right things. Uh, if you go back long, um, maybe 3,000, more than 2,000 years ago to, to Plato, he wrote a book called The Republic. And there he was talking about uh, what he calls uh, uh, virtues. Virtues are good things that a leader must have. Uh, one of the virtues would be you, you have to love your work. Mm-hmm. You have to love the people that you uh, 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 that you lead, but you have to hold them accountable. You have to do your best to make sure that uh, uh, wh- whoever you work for actually uh, succeed. You should not do things that benefit you. Uh, corruption is another issue that has uh, put uh, Africa forward, uh, backward. You know mm-hmm. that if you participate in corruption, if you are in leadership. Uh, the consequences of that are huge because all the people who depend on you, whether it is your employees or whether it is the people who use your products, uh, are going to suffer. And if it is in educational institution, then you are robbing the future generation of education. So ethical leadership basically means leadership that is based on somebody who wants to do things right, mm. using the right means. Mm.
Mm. And, uh, you know, also we, I must, I must add in there some, uh, I'm just looking from, you know, the, the summary of, of your book, you speak about an all embracing education, you know, in particular at this moment where children are learning online and not by choice, but because of the situation that they find themselves in, uh, can South Africa reach all children on those kind of platforms when you talk about an all embracing education? I think South Africa has resources to be able to do all that. I think where we need to work on is do we have, we need to work on leadership that understands the complexity of the world that we live in and are able to use uh, their power, whether it is elected uh, power or whether it is power because of your job. And we are all leaders. And, and, and that's another thing that I, I really emphasize in that book, that leadership is not just the political leaders. You have scientific leaders who are needed in our society and so on and so forth. So all of us must pull together in order to build a South Africa that works for all of us. And therefore, in education, we have to make sure that we don't waste resources. I always say that uh, the budgets that we spend on education, we could have built infrastructure, twice the infrastructure that we have, you know, uh, simply because uh, uh, efficiency uh, of our execution is not where it is supposed to be. You're also the deputy chair of South Africa's uh, presidential fourth industrial revolution commission. This is a very heavy title. And, um, you know, what are some of your responsibilities? Well, I am no longer a, a deputy because that commission has finished its work. It has submitted its report to cabinet. Cabinet has approved uh, uh, the, the report and it is going to be implemented by government. Mm. So some of the recommendations that we made, which were accepted, uh, is to invest in human capacity development. We live in an era where if you are not digitally literate, you are illiterate. Mm-hmm. Illiteracy is no longer the ability to read and write. So the, the, the ability to, we have to create uh, the education system that, that gives us the graduates and the students uh, who have the right skills in artificial intelligence, in blockchain, and other technologies that are defining the 21st century. We need to pay particular attention to artificial intelligence because it is changing all phases of our lives, whether it is in our hospitals where now machines are diagnosing diseases better than human beings, whether it is in our factories where robots are producing goods and services better than human beings. We need to re-industrialize you know, so that we can start producing things. An economy that does not produce will not stand. In fact, it will fall. Mm-hmm. And now we are importing even small things uh, that we used to make in South Africa, now we are importing them. That mm-hmm. needs to change. Mm-hmm. We need to incentivize people to use technology for production. Very, very important. We need to invest in infrastructure of connectivity, of the internet, and so on and so forth, faster internet, so that our, 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 our people can be able to, to thrive in this era, so that our schools can continue, even if we are under lockdown, because if we have better connectivity, we can be able to connect our people and we can be able to continue with education as the University of Johannesburg has done. We need to look at all our laws to make sure that they are in line with the technological developments. For example, you have companies such as Airbnb that are operating in the mm. country, but they are not a, a perfect fit to the legal framework. Mm. And lastly, we are a people who are speaking too much and doing too little. It's time for implementation. <laughs> so we recommend that 
uh, there has to be an implementation council mm. that will implement these recommendations. Very, very important there. Uh, that's the voice of Professor Chilitzi Marwala. He's the vice chancellor and principal of the University of Johannesburg. He's also the former deputy chair of South Africa's presidential fourth industrial revolution commission. Let's go for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Professor Marwala about his personal achievements, um, his passion for technology, uh, being a vice chancellor, how easy of a task was it in the first year? And and really, if he speaks to his younger self now, uh, would he say that uh, this is where he imagined his life would be? We'll do that with him after this short break. For your latest update on the novel coronavirus for Channel Africa in Mombasa, Kenya, I am Diana Wanyonyi. Droplets spread virus. By following good respiratory hygiene, you protect the people around you from viruses such as cold, flu, and COVID-19. Welcome back to African Dialogue. We're in conversation with Professor Chilizi Marwala. He's the Vice Chancellor and Principal of the University of Johannesburg. Now, um, Professor... Occupying a vice-chancellor position is also not an easy task. What was the first year like for you? No, I think the first year was... Well, the, the, my, 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 my time as vice-chancellor has been quite rewarding. Our finances are doing very well. Our students are doing very well. Our research output uh, is going up. Uh, so, 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 of course, it is a, it is a complex job because uh, you have to, to look after, for my case, 54,000 uh, people. Uh, so so it was fun. Uh, uh, lots of hard work, but fun. One of the things that I do, which I'm going to be doing uh, on the 19th of this month, mm. is to read a book for my staff and students. Because I, I believe that uh, if, 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 if your people cannot read... Uh, all right, mm. they cannot lead in the 21st century. So reading is very, very important. If you are going to lead, you must read. So every month I set uh, one hour time where I invite all the students and staff and mm. hope that they will read the book that I recommend. The book that I'm going to be reading now is The Protestant Ethic and the Spirit of Capitalism because it's an important book, especially as we reimagine production uh, and, and, and reinvigorating our economy uh, at this time. So, uh, so my vice-chancellorship is about uh, making our people as informed as possible about all the tools that they will require in order to thrive in the 21st century. Mm. Has, has there been an interest in this uh, initiative by you so far, Professor? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, many of our, uh, our staff and students uh, come. Uh, it's unfortunate now that we have to do it virtually. Uh, I used to enjoy uh, the physical uh, engagement uh, during these periods of reading books because now you, you, you talk about other things and you, you see f- uh, facial uh, and, and body uh, uh, ex- uh, impressions much, much better than when you are sitting on Zoom. You also have a keen interest in in technology. Um, Where does this uh, interest come from? I mean, as a a young uh, Professor Marwala, how were you? Were you you always interested in technology? Yeah, absolutely. I have to confess that I do feel privileged. When I was in high school, I entered the Science Olympiad uh, and I won and I went to England. Uh, I I went to all the big centers. I was at uh, 
Cambridge University where I later went and did a PhD in artificial intelligence. I visited when I was still 17 years old. I went to Imperial College, one of the leading universities in the world, where I later worked. I studied my academic career there, but I went in high school and, and, and saw some of the technologies that were going to define our era. Of course, some of the technologies that I was told they were going to define my era never defined my era, because at that point, everybody thought something called superconductivity was going to define uh, our era, but obviously it never happened. Uh, uh, artificial intelligence is the one that is defining our era. So this love for technology came from the fact that I was basically, uh, I grew up surrounded by people who were passionate about technology. It might not have been Western technology. My grandmother used to make uh, math, pots, all those things. That is production. It might not be mm. producing a car, but production is production. And uh, if you love producing things, then you will love technology. And it sounds like, you know, you did have quite uh, some fantastic opportunities there growing up. How can we make opportunities like this available to to other young South Africans who, you know, who want to see a change in their country? By being involved, uh, you know, if you know something, uh, go to your church and explain it to your community. You know, if you... Uh, passionate about technology. Our churches must be centers of learning. Our schools must be centers of learning, even after school, not just for the students, but also for the communities. You know, uh, if society that thrives is a society that can be able to mobilize everybody in a society to participate in an initiative. Education is not only supposed to be uh, the role of teachers alone. It is the role of, uh, of, of families, it is the role of, uh, of, of, of communities, it is a role of chiefs. I come from a village, so I have a chief, and my chief was very, very, uh, the current chief is very passionate about education. Her father was absolutely passionate about education. If we did not go to school, we knew that his car was going to park at 6 o'clock in the morning to come and interrogate why the boy is not or the girl is not <laughs> at school. Mm. It is when all of us are involved that we are going to turn the corner. Mm. And do you, um, sometimes when you look at the stories and you read what's happened, it sounds like, you know, there's a bit of a disconnect and people have become despondent. Uh, parents have lost hope. And, you know, there's that, that, that community involvement you're talking about is lacking somewhat. No, absolutely. I think... Uh, I, th- I think this is probably uh, uh, something that we need to correct. Because I can tell you, the high school uh, 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 in a village next to where I come from, we build it. Our, our, our parents build it. You mm. know? Uh, they took three villages. They said every house will pay 10 rents and we're going to build a high school. Mm. I mean, can you imagine? Do you think such a high school the community will allow anybody to vandalize it? Never. No, mm. because they have ownership. They have a stake on it. They have, they have skin in the game. You know? uh, mm. so, uh, so this idea of, uh, of building and not making people have ownership in an infrastructure. And ownership might mean once a month, everybody must go to our schools and clean, you know, and clean the place because it mm. is our infrastructure, you mm. know. Once you don't connect the community to the infrastructure you give them, then vandalism will happen and nobody is going to raise an eyebrow. Mm. And they will be saying, come and fix it. Mm. You know? mm. uh, uh, 
communities must go to our schools and say, you know, we see this window has been broken for three months. When is it going to be fixed? Mm. We can fix it. Mm. Uh, each one of us can produce 10 rent and we can be able to fix this window. And that is what we need to, to, to recreate. And this was, this was part of us. We were, we were passionate about education. We were passionate about uh, fixing our communities. We need to bring that back into our communities. What gives you hope, Professor? I think the South African uh, uh, people give me hope. I think uh, South Africa has huge opportunities. We just need to orientate our society. We just need to orientate our leadership to be growth, to develop what I call growth mindset or developmental mindset, the mindset to change your environment. Thank you so much for that fantastic interview, uh, Professor. We wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Uh, great interview there. Thank you for giving us his time. And that's the voice of Professor Chilitzi Marwala. He's the Vice Chancellor and Principal of the University of Johannesburg. If you want to take a listen to this wonderful uh, interview we've had with him, please go to our website later on. That will be on www.channelafrica.co.za.